Welcome, everybody. This is really going to be um, probably more of like of a test run. I'm I'm Duke Togo uh, from <laughs> various uh, gaming websites. You may have seen me. Probably don't know who the hell I am, but <laughs> I I'm I'm a collector. I'm pretty big into NES games. All right, and I'm Crabmaster. And probably if you don't know Duke Togo, you probably don't know me either. Mostly hang around the same sites, um, RF Gen mainly. Um, I'm the same as him, uh, big NES fan. Uh, we're both working towards a full collection. Uh, slightly different goals, but very similar. And and I would have to say that maybe a few more people out there know Krabby from of completing these ridiculously difficult to me as an old old guy Nintendo games that he seems to somehow breeze through. They're, they're mostly about memorization. There's only one that I would actually call that I, that's really stumped me so far. It's been Arkanoid. Games of Pain. I would agree. And are you... Are you I'm, so, when you're playing Arkanoid, are you playing that with, with the Vouse controller? No, I don't have a Vouse yet, so just the standard NES pad, and I'm having trouble getting past level 3 consistently. Okay, so let, there's 35 stages. So let's talk a minute about control, because kind of this is <laughs> this is where where we kind of got the idea to start with this um, discussion. So so state state your control qualifications for when you do your completions. Standard NES pad, D pad, A B, start select. Right, right. You're talking the stock square, not even a dog bone, right? Not even a dog bone, nope. Just, uh, yeah, the rectangle. The horrible dig your palms out. Oh, I've been playing it so much now I've got a special spot in my hand just <laughs> carved out for them. This I have I have no doubt. They fit beautifully now. You're the only man that I've ever heard of that, that has um, worn out an, an NES controller. Well, it wasn't technically a wear out. I just kind of static shocked it when I got up. Gets kind of get a lot of static here in the winter when it gets really cold and dry. So it it been zapped a few times before, but I guess I just got it a big enough one to stop it once. And I and I guess we should we should state where where you are. Um, northern Canada. Yeah, Great White uh, North. A little over halfway up British Columbia. Yeah, so I would imagine static static electricity probably is a pretty major problem. Yeah, I just got to learn to, I got to change my setup, so, because I'd get up to hit the reset button on the, uh, on the Nintendo quite often. Yeah. And it's like getting up and sitting down, creating a lot of static, so I got to set it so I don't have to get up so much. So do you have carpet in your game room? Uh, no. No carpet, and you still no carpet static? We were just talking, you said you have a lot of trouble with Arkanoid, and, um, and you say you're using the regular NES pad. Yeah, that with that game because it was packaged and designed for the Vouse, I would have no problem um, giving that one a shot. Okay, so Be- because the game was built built with that idea in mind. Yeah, okay, but I mean, what I'm getting to is, and I guess we sh- we should say that we were having this lively discussion about, um, well, we kind of start with Turbo um, on controllers because you know, Krabby uses the standard stock controller and. Um, so when you talked about Arkanoid, I think that's kind of interesting that you would even try to beat it with the regular pad because that does that kind of even break your your idea and beat these games. And you're really trying to use the standard stock controls to beat these NES games. Is it almost kind of cheating to use the standard pad to play them for Arkanoid? Yeah, um, I'm sure someone could make an argument for it. Um, no, I'm asking you. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of like thinking like this. I'm kind of torn on it because I, I want to play with what you're meant to play with, the Vouse. But I just don't have that option right now. So I've been sticking with the other one. Uh, it does kind of feel it's like something's off, like I'm doing it wrong. Right. So Yeah. Oh, go ahead. If, if I had them both... And um, I could make the choice. Um, I'd go with the Vouse, I think. I, I haven't played it myself. I don't know how good the controller is, but um, from what I hear, it's it's decent. 
it's uh, you know it's a it's a tiny Atari paddle, <laughs> kind of, <laughs> you know it's that's the idea. <clears throat> so would you consider then that if you beat it using the standard controller, would you consider that finished? It's a good question. Um, I don't know. I don't know how to answer that. Um, I want to say yes because I probably wouldn't want to do it again because that game's hard. <laughs> but at the same time, it might be one of those things where I'll have to come back to it to feel like I actually beat it. Okay. All right. All right. So what we were talking about a minute ago. So when you use the standard controller and and you're playing a game, what what do you see? Why is using Turbo bad? I mean, they Nintendo made controllers for their own system that had Turbo. I mean, even the Advantage has has dial-in Turbo that you can use. So, why is that sinful to beat a game using that? Um, because it does. I don't think I've ever met a game yet. Not that I've played them all, but I've played a, a good chunk. Um, that's needed anything beyond what human can do so it just feels like um it's unnecessary so it's, it's making it almost like a it's like a game genie you know you can play with it and just makes the game easier okay now i would agree with you obviously that that game genie is cheating and um i'm definitely no, it didn't necessarily mean cheating i just meant um well yeah i guess i did mean cheating <laughs> but uh this makes makes the game easier than than it was uh, originally meant to be. Now, now I would say, don't you think though that some games were designed to use Turbo, or or almost expected for you to be using Turbo? Can you give me an example? Because I I can't think of one off the top of my head. <clears throat> like earlier, we were talking about Bonk. Right. Okay. So, yeah. So, um, you know, you were saying that in Bonk for the NES, obviously Bonk was designed for the 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 turbo graphics which which had turbo built into stock controller and you know really almost was kind of built around knowing that and absolutely but on you what did you say when it came to the nas version i was stuck with the standard pad because um i think it's just um i've gotten into this mindset where you just use the standard pad because I've used it for so long, so it just feels weird to use a uh, turbo controller even when that game was most likely meant for, for a turbo pad. So if you used a controller that had the exact same physical layout of the standard NES controller, or even like one of those uh, dial-in turbo things where you just plug the controller into it and then it plugs into the Nintendo, right? is that okay? Uh, for me, no, but I would not fault anyone else for doing that. I, I would say they beat the game legitimately um, in that case. Okay. I think it's just become so ingrained in how I play my NES games in particular that uh, this pad, to just that's the NES to me. You don't change it up when you don't have to. Yeah, because, I mean, hardware, original hardware guys as collectors... I don't. Obviously, I don't. I don't play on emulators, and I don't think we really. I. I'm not saying we have to get into a discussion about the good versus bad of emulation or anything like that. <laughs> emulation bad and <laughs> discussion. <laughs> yeah, that's our opinion. Yeah. <laughs> as collectors, but um, you know, I the people that want to emulate. Okay, I got enough. Do they, do they make a USB port you can uh, jam your your NES pad into? They absolutely do. The fine folks at RetroZone. Sweet. Yeah, that would be... Um, I've never tried it myself, obviously, but um, I think that would be the way to go about it. It's not the same thing. I mean, would you agree? It's just not the same thing. Absolutely, yeah. I, I haven't emulated in years, but when I used to, I had a like Logitech controller that kind of was similar to a PS2 pad. Yeah. And, yeah, everything just felt wrong on it. I don't know if the pad changing would do anything, but you just don't get, you know, the static on your TV when you load it up. And there's little little nuances, I think, that would still bother me. Yeah. I, and to me, there's just something about, I mean, obviously, about having the physical game. Yeah. I mean, having it, that you have the thing in your hands, 
and I know to a lot of people that's antics, but <laughs> again, that's the difference between players and collectors. Uh, yeah, and being and being both, I'd say. I mean, I don't know about you, but primarily, I'm I'm a collector. You know, I'm kind of fifty fifty. I think fairly even. Yeah, and I mean, I don't get me wrong. I play. I can, but I don't. Do I play everything I collect? No. <laughs> I was honest, I don't. <laughs> I mean, I would. I, I you know, I've, I've got a family, and they would kick me out of the house if I. That's one of the joys of night shift, is I can game time and not have to neglect my family. You, you are lucky, but I'm not. I'm not doing a night shift just to get around that. I'm, I'm not doing that one. <laughs> but. But even though Nintendo made controllers with built-in turbo, you still, to you, that's still cheating. Yeah, it just feels uh, incorrect. It's almost like emulation. Like all the pieces are there, they're just there's something not right. So do you? So when you're playing these games, you just jam in the button like there's no tomorrow. Oh yeah. You're like I like with something like Xanic, Like that game took me nearly an hour to beat. I think um, your forearm's pretty tired by the end of that. So, so I mean, are you like, you know, Takeshi Meijin? I mean, are you like 16 shots a second? <laughs> I've, I've never timed it. I doubt I'm that fast, so I'd, I'd guess 10 to 12. You know, I uh, that's me. Like, if I'm going to play a, a Gradius or a something like that, controller, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Maybe I've got old man arthritis hands or something. But, uh, I don't know. When when I play a shooter like that, I generally hold the pad differently too. Like everyone holds the pad same for Mario, but when I'm playing Gradius, um, Xanax, Silver Surfer, I hold it in one hand, left-handed, and set it on my knee, and in my right hand's my my button masher. It's really, it's really stable. The control sideways, so you get a little. The controls are a little wonky at the start, but you get used to it fairly quick. And then you can still jam it pretty fast. Yeah. So you almost kind of use it like uh, almost like a joystick. Yeah. With the yeah. with the buttons. my left hand's doing the the controlling and my right hand's only job is to mash that button. So you don't have an advantage, right? Um no, I don't. No. Would you use one you think if you had it you using turbo? Probably not. I'd probably stick with the pad. Stick with the pad just cuz it's yeah. it's the comfy thing that you know. Oh yeah. That's it appreciate the nes pad but i'll be honest i don't ever play with it no ever no <laughs> i don't it's either if i'm playing it's gonna be uh well traditionally in the past it's always been the max I, oh, I, really yeah I, I i don't like the uh the shape of that one it feels uncomfortable and like i bounce around the systems all the time i'm always playing with different controllers but that one's one of my least favorite in terms of the shape that it fits in your hands. How so? Um, it seems almost more jagged and uncomfortable than the rectangle pad. <laughs> Just the, it's got those nubs on the top uh, corners where it bends. Yeah, yeah. On the back side. Yeah, I don't like that. But you know what those are there for, right? Apparently not. <laughs> They're there for the exact same thing that you just talked about, setting the controller down and 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 using your fingers. Okay, yeah, well, I was not aware of that. Yeah, that's why it's that. like that. So it kind of tilts up at an angle a little bit. What's like the, the point of doing that when you've got turbo at your hands, though? You don't really need to put it down and stabilize it to well, jam that button. Here's why I think with the Max, because Max doesn't have variable speed turbo. And some games... Full on high rapid fire turbo is almost, not going to do you any good. It's yeah, it's it's worse <laughs> than interesting than doing it yourself. I mean, that's why I, the advantage is nice because you can dial it in. You know what I mean? Right. I know the the D pad's okay. I don't mind it. I prefer the the standard one, but uh, that one's usable. Well, here lately, I mean, ever since I got these joy cards that I bought, I really I think the joy card is going to probably take over. As Mike can lay out, you've got some variable turbo on each button independently, but you still use the same button. Right. So it's kind of like, it's basically like a TurboGrafx pad. It, does it have three settings like the TurboGrafx one? Too? It, That's nice. So Yeah, I remember seeing those um, when you when you won the auction there. Yeah. So, I mean, that's definitely kind of become my preference. And it's got the nice rounded kind of Famicom 
corners that they don't eat into your hand. <laughs> you know what I mean? I do. Um, so I'm surprised. Do you not do you not own any dog bones? Uh, no, I don't. I've never come across a top loader or a dog bone yet. You know I've got one for sale. <laughs> well, you know I'm a little broke right now, but maybe we could work something out for the future. <laughs> that's that's the joy of collecting right there. So. Yeah, always broke. There's always something else I need. That's right, and that's why I've got to move some product so I can, I can send, buy more Send stuff. it this way, yeah. <laughs> that's the way it works. So I have I, such a hard time selling sometimes. So when you were at farm? I uh, know. When I was a kid... Um, we never really had any third-party accessories or even other Nintendo accessories, just what came with the system. Zapper and the standard controllers, that was it. No, no Rob, had a, no Power I had a cousin, cousin who had the Power Glove. I played with it once, but uh, <laughs> he didn't look too close, so. Give me red if you ever <laughs> listen to this. But the Power Pad is such a piece of crap. Oh, uh, I can't wait to get one. Sorry. The Power Glove is such a piece of crap. <laughs> and I, don't get me wrong I say this strictly from the heart because I got one for Christmas like when it came out as a kid I mean I had it I still have it but it's a piece, it's a piece of crap not even fun as a novelty no it's just no because I've got a U-Force that I like it's not a great controller to beat a game with but it's fun to play with I like goofing around and playing Punch-Out or Mario with it it's great okay so there was an unreleased game. Were you aware of the U-Force games? Yeah, and the RetroZone put out a compilation of them. Yeah. Yeah, I would love to pick that up eventually just to see if it actually makes the controller any better than it is with most games. Well, you might have to beg the guy because it's out of print. He stopped making it. Ah, uh, Figures. Last time I looked, it was still there, so... Now it's gone into the discontinued. Waited too long. <laughs> oh, maybe if you begged him. All right, I suppose if you probably put a... A post out for somebody. Yeah. Somebody's got one. Oh, I'm sure they've got one. It's just what do I have to pay for it now that it's out of print? It's a U-Force game? Probably not much. <laughs> probably not much, but yeah. Someone someone would probably be more than happy to offload it <laughs> to you. We'll see. Because I'm sure there's um, so many people that love the U-Force <laughs> out there. Um, and I don't know. I, mean, I guess I've never really asked Reddit. He likes the Power Glove, so I wonder if he likes that one Power Glove game. What was it? There was a couple, weren't there? There was a Powerball and Bad Street Brawler. Weren't those both made for the Power Glove? I think the whatever the Super Glove Ball or whatever. Glove Ball, yeah, that's what I meant, not Powerball. Um, pretty sure Bad Street Brawler has a Power Glove logo in the corner saying it's made for it too. Does it really? Maybe, maybe it does. Um, I don't know, because I didn't have either of those games with my Power Glove. <laughs> so what did you play that Christmas? Uh, Rad Racer. Because, Try, you know, trying to emulate the wizard? Yeah, in the commercial, you know, you would see, or yeah, or like, you know, you would see him <laughs> driving like he was, no. <laughs> That's not going to happen. And I don't know, do you remember the Power Glove? Because you had, <laughs> you had on the glove, you know, an actual D. And the reason they had a D-pad on there because they knew the thing was a piece of crap, and you'd have to you'd have to go back to it. Yeah, I remember that when my cousin demoed it for me all those years ago. He would uh, just playing Super Mario Bros. and he would get to a certain point, and then yeah, just use the D-pad. <laughs> That's exact. And they knew it was crap. That's why they had to put that on there. <laughs> but it also it had looks awesome. It also had the little numbers pad on it because for each game you had to like look in the instruction book, find the appropriate code for that game. And then input that code into your power glove so it would like have the proper controls for that game. The U-Force is the same way. There's different um, switches. You have to have it on specific settings for different types of games. Yeah? Yeah. And so if you don't have the manual, you're you're, you're toast. Um, I think there's a scan of it on Nintendo Age. But yeah, you need access to the manual in some form to, uh, to figure out the right switches. So do you have a manual? I do. I got lucky and found mine locally with uh, all the pieces and the manual. So you got to be kidding me. Where you live where there's nothing, you found a U-Force locally. Yeah, and I would have walked right past it. I, my friend noticed the uh, the plug for the NES system um, sticking out of a box, so he opened it up and told me I needed to buy whatever it was. We had no idea what it was at the time either. You're kidding me. How long ago was this? This was back before you really got into collecting? No, it was about 
two years ago, three tops. I was still I was in collecting, yeah, and I walked right past it. Had no idea what it was. Uh, didn't notice the NES plug. So you hadn't boned up on your NES yet. I'm I'm really uh, ignorant when it comes to hardware and accessories. I'm mostly uh, knowledgeable in the games. Uh, just because you're a some kind of savant when it comes to playing them. Apparently. All right. So tell me then. Uh, do you have any desire to get any other controllers? Um, I, I do want a Power Glove and a Rob, um, but mostly just the iconic ones. I'm not really looking to go into the uh, the obscure stuff and uh, the stuff that you used to play. Like I might pick up an NES Advantage too. But no interest in like a Joy Card or one of the like a B shoe. No, I really no. I'm not really a hardware guy. Because most of my stuff I, I get to play, even the bad stuff. Um, so I wouldn't be using the hardware, so I wouldn't really keep it in my collection like the other stuff I do. Now, I think if you had something like, let's say, like the B-Shoe Zipper or the Joy Card, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's basically a stock controller. It just has some additional things that you don't have to use if you don't want to. But it doesn't have those annoying, I'm going to cut your hands open corners. <laughs> um, those, the corners aren't a problem for me anymore. Um, the thing, if I found them locally for a good price, I would absolutely pick them up. Um, they're just not something that I would search for online or trade for because um, there's way more things higher on my priority list. Maybe I get sidetracked, but I love I love peripherals. Have you ever seen the Bishu Zoomer? No, I haven't. It's a steering wheel for the NES. Really? Fantastic. I, and, you know, I, I want to beat myself because I saw one one time in Goodwill. And it, uh-huh. was, and it was 10 bucks, and I thought, ah. But I noticed, I was like, you know how, I don't, do you guys have Goodwill there? Uh, no. Okay, well, anyway, Goodwill, once a week they have, like, this color of the week, and you get half off of whatever has that color price stick. <laughs> So I looked at it, and I went, oh, well, you know, the, and I asked them, I said, what's the color for next week? And they said, oh, it's this, and I, it was the same color on the, the thing. So I'm like, who the heck else is going to come buy this but me? I'll just wait, and I'll get it half price. <laughs> of course not. I'll just save five bucks. I know, and that's the evil collector. Yeah. Wow. See, the, the U-Force I like, I have a good time with, but I would never have gone online to pick one up. I only grabbed it because it was $2 locally. That is a fantastic deal. With Worth the manual, was, was it boxed? Uh, no, the only thing I'm missing is the box. It's got all the pieces and it's got the, the manual. So I'm curious, are you a box guy? Um, I like them. It depends um, what it is. For my systems and hardware, I definitely like having them. Um, cartridge games that have end labels, um, I don't need a box for. But if it doesn't have an end label like the Virtual Boy N64, then I, I definitely got to have a box for it because they just display nicer. So you would rather shell out a lot for a piece of cardboard versus, like, do your own kind of box? You betcha, because it's that, the same thing that's ingrained in me. It's just something looks off when you're looking at your own homemade end label. Even if they're very nicely done, they just, they're not, like, they're supposed to be in my mind, so No, I don't, don't, I, I don't mean, like, end labels. I mean, like, um, you ever see, like, people put things in cases and, like, through the cover project, they yeah. print their own no, I mean, that's, like, I've seen people do, they, like, really nice end labels for um, Jaguar stuff, too, and TurboGrafx. And yeah, I've seen the the custom cases they've done for Saturn games and PSN games and stuff like that. Now, now I will agree with you that that's wrong. But I'm talking about things that came in cardboard boxes. No, I need the cardboard. Really? Yeah. So what do you do do to make sure that this cardboard's going to hold up? Um, nothing particularly special. Um, if I've got a game that's I don't have a lot of valuable cardboard. Um, the one that I probably got to the nicest conditions, um, Adventures of Lolo 3. So I just stick it in a plastic protector box so that I don't accidentally bump it, scuff it, anything like that. But So nice carts that you have that are in boxes that are hard to get. Do you get another copy of the cart that you can play so you leave the other one in the box you won't screw the box up? No, I, I, top, I flip the flap open and pull it right out when I want it. So you don't worry about hurting the box? No, but like I said, I don't have any boxes like uh, Flintstones 2 or Bubble Bobble 2 or anything like that. Um, was, there, most of my, was there a Flintstones 2 box? Yeah, 
absolutely. There is, okay. It's, yeah, worth quite the pretty penny. That yeah. and the manual are more expensive than the game, I think. Oh, yeah, I would have no doubt. I'm, uh, I've got, I found a box locally of uh, N64 boxes. It had about 120 boxes in it, different games. So I've I'm mostly set there finding loose stuff cheap, then I can just fill my boxes. But I've got a loose copy of Sculptor's Cut that's driving me crazy because the rest of my N64 stuff is boxed. So I want that box, but oh, that box tough. costs, yeah, yeah minimum 100 bucks. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. And that's a good deal these days, apparently. So, so Okay, let me ask this, all right? And I, I think I probably already know the answer. What about recreation boxes? Um, For, like, really rare stuff, you mean? Like, if I got, like, a yes. Flintstones 2 box type thing? Yes. Um, I wouldn't need it. I... If I could get one for like ten bucks, maybe, but I wouldn't pay much for one. But if it were available for ten to twenty dollars, would you buy that, or would you rather just wait and hope to get the really expensive box? Mm, it'd probably be a case by case scenario. I might buy the rare ones that I don't have much of a chance finding, or I'd buy. My favorite game. No, my favorite ones would probably hold out for an original one. So if somebody said, okay, hey, Krabby, I've got, let's say, I don't know, a wacky racist box <laughs> in, in beautiful... <laughs> Who might ever say such a thing? In beautiful shape um, <laughs> with the manual, uh, maybe. But it was going to cost you, or you could say, oh, well, you know, uh, I'll spend 10 bucks and I'll get one that's re- a remade and looks... Great. Um, do I have a third option of just keeping a card only, Look, or I have course, to pick between? Of course, between... It's, it's your card. You can do whatever you want with it. With that particular game, I'd, I'd go card only, just because I. It's not rare enough that I. It's a really cool display item. It, it's rare, but um, and it's not important enough to me as a game that I. I'd want to have all the original stuff. I'd probably just keep that one card only. Okay, but sculptor's cut because it has no end label. It's different, <laughs> right? Right, that one, um, I don't know, that one would be a little on the fence, um, whether to get a reproduction box or, a, or an original one for ten times the price. I would be a little torn about that one just because I'm cheap, so. Okay, now how do you feel about, if you were to get a reproduction box, does it need to be indicated that it is a reproduction box? Absolutely. I don't think people should be making uh, counterfeits um, that can fool people. Good. I think they should have some sort of marking on them, no matter how insignificant that you can tell. Okay, good. any real collector can tell it's not um, not the real one. Good, and and I'm right there with you, 100. percent You know, 200. Um, percent Awesome. I mean, even with um, you know, I don't know how you feel about this, but even with like cart labels you know i would rather see a game with its original beat up cart label than someone go print a new one out and stick a new label on it if it's something they're keeping in their own house they have no desire to to sell trade whatever they can do whatever they want with it but yeah if it's going on the market eventually um yeah i don't like the the homemade labels either Uh, And to me, though, if you're going to do it, again, you really have to indicate somehow that it's not original. Agreed. Yeah, I'm with you there. Because let's face it, we're all mortals, and one of these days, all of our crap's going to be on the market. (laughs) You know what I mean? That's true. Yeah. So, uh, because I I won't have to worry about it at that time, though. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Next generation can deal with those. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. What? You know, another thing I, I'm curious about is uh, the hardware is going to start breaking down. Sure. The capacitors are failing, and those are going to leak. Some boards are going to get damaged. So this huge amount of hardware that's out there right now is really going to start. I mean, through attrition over time, it's already slimming down. So it's going to keep going in that direction. Do you think that collectors now and going forward are going to be forced to learn some basic electronics just so they can recap their stuff? Yeah, I think so. And I think it's already started to a small part. There's a ton of people that um, can replace their pin connector and disable the lockout chip now. I think it'll just move further into that. Yeah, I mean, because, 
you know, to be honest, to replace a pin connector and clip a a, a chip lead, I mean, you could be a, a fourth grade education and handle that no problem. Sure, but when you were in fourth grade and had your your NES, um, how many people did you know that could do that kind of thing? You'd usually have to take it into a shop. Well, I think then people didn't know. Right. The, the knowledge just wasn't out there. Nintendo wasn't going to go, oh, hey, don't worry about it. Just go and clip <laughs> the leg of this chip. <laughs> Problems are solved. You know. I, I had to go and do that to mine because um, my licensed games weren't playing. Yeah, and I, don't get me wrong. Um, I have a machine where I've clipped the chip. Yeah. But I also have another one that I keep that's pristine. And I don't know why. I'm not a. I'm really torn when it comes to modding original hardware. Are you like that at all? Oh yeah, absolutely. I like I've got a Neo Geo AES. Yeah. That I don't know if you know about the sound on it, but it's the stock sound is pretty bad. Um, I I want to get it modded, but at the same time, it's like I've got an original AES. I don't want anyone to touch it. Is it a US AES? Yep. Yeah. 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 I can see that's that's. Go, go get a Japanese one and have somebody screw with it, right? Exactly. <laughs> so what's, Who cares about their hardware? What's the sound mod for, though? Um, it's only got mono. So it, does the mod add true stereo? Uh, from what I understand, yeah. But you're going to have to mod the case to put a jack on the outside of it. Is that it? Exactly, yeah. And it, it's very minor. Like Most people wouldn't, wouldn't know you've done anything to it, but... Uh, just that thing you you need the original hardware so you don't want to mess with it yeah now i i get the same sort of thing i mean i don't know i i see these posts from like apollo boy and stuff on rf gen which looks like he does just fantastic work if you if you listen to this apollo boy I, i'm really blown away by some of the hardware modding that you do and it looks fantastic absolutely but i'm really Part of me really wants to go that way with a few items. <laughs> There's another part of me that just goes, ah, ah. I mean, do you ever think that? Absolutely. Like, um, I fully intended for a while to um, try and build my own uh, handheld NES, um, Ben Heckendorn style. I bought his book and everything. I've got it all here with the detailed instructions on how to go about your first mod. And uh, I just can't bring myself to tear apart a Nintendo. Yeah, does it give you that kind of... I mean, I don't know, and this might seem really weird, and maybe this is me, I don't, maybe this is all collectors. Do you, when you're out somewhere and you see an NES, like in a garage sale, and it just looks like it's, you know, it's you know, it's had a, a rough life, <laughs> and it's, uh, it's probably going to end up in a dumpster if nobody buys it, and they're not asking much, even though you've already got a bunch of them, do you just go ahead and buy it and clean it up? I don't think I've ever had the problem where I've had too many NESs here because they're even those don't uh, pop up too often in my area. Okay, so now I have the, I'll go to garage sales and you know the standard uh, you know toaster NES around here is ridiculously common. I mean, people give them to me. Uh, you know, nobody worries about oh well, you know how much are these things worth. You go yeah. into the retro game shops and of course they want to gouge you, but people just give them to me. I mean, they're pretty plentiful. But, I mean, even when I'm, like, at garages, I'm like, I, I have to stop and go, I know I don't need this at all. <laughs> you know <what> I, mean? <laughs> I really don't have any reason. And even I did that a while back, I had, like, probably four or five of them that I had done this from garage sales, and I took them into a local retro game shop, and I just traded them in for some credit, because I'm like, I'm never going to take the time to sell all of these, but... You know, they work, and I cleaned them up, and they, they're great. I want them to get some play. No, I can't say I have that problem. Like, the few times I've run into doubles of games I've got, um, I generally don't pick them up unless they're, there's quite a profit margin to be had on them so I can trade them for something else. Um, but generally, if it's uh, even if it's a really good trade item, like a Contra or Mario 3 or something for 2 bucks, I'll, I'll leave it for someone else to pick up to enjoy. Really? Yeah. If it's like uh, like I found a Tales of Destiny for two bucks, though, I didn't I don't really like the Tales series, but I knew I could trade it for something, another good PlayStation role playing game that I'd like. So I picked that one up for two bucks because I could get something I'd want. Oh yeah, sure, trade fodder. Yeah. 
And that's I think that's just pretty standard to the collecting game, right? I mean, I guess well, I'd... some people have trouble getting rid of anything like like slacker there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, that's that's called hoarding, not collecting, right? <laughs> Uh, maybe some of us can't, can't agree <laughs> on that, but I, I I have a lot of love for for fellow collectors, so I'm not going to cast any as Absolutely. If you yeah. if you ask my wife, she would probably try to tell you I was some kind of hoarder or something. I don't know, but um, she's, yeah. she's not a collecting kind of person. The same way. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I just have this weird kind of emotional attachment to. It. But see, I don't have that for everything because I pass N64s by like they're like they've got the plague on them or something. <laughs> So it's just certain systems that you favor over others then? you Like the NES, you said, you got a soft spot for those? Yeah, like generally, I mean, if it's... Okay, I'll just be honest, because I like 8-bit. So if it's a master... Who doesn't? If it's a master system, if it's an NES, if it's an Atari, if it's an Intellivision, if it's cheap enough and I think I could do something decent with it or even turn it around and sell it but really not make much, but at least it'll get to a good home. Yeah. I generally do it. See, if I know, like with you and uh, Single Banana, um, we kind of have the same goal. So it's nice to um, be on the lookout for other NES stuff that you guys don't have. Right. But um, I really don't know anyone else locally that's into games, period, let alone older games. So if I if I had some people to connect with there, I would I'd probably pick up those NESs and stuff just to see if they needed them, but I don't have that, so I just leave them for the next guy. Hopefully someone else can get a good deal and be happy about it. Do you not worry that they're gonna end up in a dumpster or something if you don't do you not have these horrible ideas in your head that <laughs> happen to them? No, no, I just instead of picturing that I just picture the the next guy coming in the next day and his eyes lighten up when he sees that cheap system and it's the thrill of the hunt. He gets to enjoy finding something locally in the wild instead of going online for it. Maybe I, I, I haven't. I don't have much evidence that there's lots of other collectors <laughs> up here, but I just I I really hope that there's someone else in picking up my scraps, enjoying them. I guess that's always my fear is that there's this stuff is just going to end up in a dumpster. You know what I mean? I'd be more afraid of a reseller getting it than <laughs> going into the dumpster. Okay. Yeah. I mean, maybe. But aren't we all a little guilty of kind of Maybe not absolutely not reselling normally, but I mean, you know, that's the trade fodder thing again. Absolutely. Um, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think there's wrong with gouging um, people that you uh, know. That you know, sure. That you don't know, it's fair game, I say. Yeah, if I don't have a relationship with you, I understand it's completely business. You know what I mean? It's yeah. Your job is to try to get the most money out of your product, and my job is to try to pay the least, or vice versa. Yeah. Um, that's why I really don't understand people that don't want to haggle. Do you haggle? All the time, yeah. Yeah. Do you ever, but you like, do you ever, <laughs> even, even if you only save five bucks, it feels like you've come out with a victory. I will fight, <laughs> I will fight for $2, yeah. which is silly. Absolutely. I know. But I feel better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like I've won something somehow. Feels so much better when you can post your uh, your find and say you spent you know eighteen bucks instead of twenty on it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, okay, I'll give an example. There was there was a, a guy very locally to me. I mean, probably mm, twenty minutes away that was selling a copy of Last Action Hero for NES on eBay, <laughs> and he was selling it for I think this buy now price was like fourteen bucks or something. So, I mean, you know, in my head, I'm thinking, okay, by the time you go with shipping and eBay fees, you're going to make, what, maybe eight bucks? Something like that? That might be a little low. I'd say more like 12 bucks, probably. You think, really? With shipping? Yeah, what do they take? They take 8%. The seller, or is it, was it free shipping, did you say? Yeah, free shipping. Oh, okay, sorry. I missed that part. Yeah, you're probably closer to the to the right answer than right. with the free shipping. Right. So he was throwing shipping in. So I'm thinking, okay, so again, his real number is probably around eight bucks or something, right? Sure. So of course I send him a message, say, Hey, I live real close to you. You don't have to ship anything. I if you just take it off eBay, I'll come, I'll give you the money and you cut me a little slack and I'll give you the cash and everybody's is a piece of cake, no work, you know? And uh, and he sends me back, he's like, you know, well, you know, I, I couldn't sell it for anything less than ten. And I didn't, I didn't buy it because I knew, I knew <laughs> his real money in it was going to be about eight. 
So, I mean, even though that was lower than any other eBay price, I still went, mm, nah. Are you, like, you're getting pretty close to, to most of the stuff you got left on your NES list is pretty hard to come by and pretty pricey online. Are you getting to the point where you're willing to pay 20 25 bucks for Last Action Hero when you find one locally just because you still need it? It, Are you still looking for that deal on everything? It depends. That's a good question because I've got, I mean, I'm fortunate enough that there are retro shops in my area. And I don't know. Again, I feel okay with paying those guys a little bit more because I want them to survive and feed me more games in the future. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Because I know if they go out of business, my my well need to sell off some stock they'll give you a call if you're a good customer yeah and that's it when i go into these places they know me they you know they'll okay they'll help me out and i mean okay so and that same place that might charge me a couple extra on this or that is the same shop that you know a little while back i walked into and picked up a copy of guardian heroes for eight bucks you know what i mean right so (laughs) guardian heroes for eight bucks that's not bad yeah complete and in beautiful shape but, you know, so I know... Did you, hag- you didn't try and haggle him down to six? <laughs> no. I, <laughs> I, I promptly went, yeah, I'll take that one. <laughs> and, I, and I quickly walked out. <laughs> Just trying not to uh, push your luck there? Yeah, I was trying not to like, <laughs> to let my face show any sort of... Like, it was like, nah, all right, I'll take that. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, as soon as you get out to the car, you do your little... He sees you clicking your heels on the way out there. Have you ever done that in a shop where you get like a crazy great deal? Um, yeah, I like like I've same thing with Saturn games. I found a lot of Saturn stuff that had like Shining Wisdom, uh, Dragon Force, and he wanted two bucks a piece for them, and he had eleven different games. Wow. So I ended up getting them for. I'm like, well, will you just take twenty <laughs> even? I didn't want to pay him, you know, that twenty two or twenty four or whatever <laughs> it was going to come out as. Do you feel a little wrong about that? Um, no, that was one of my best finds. I'm <laughs> quite happy with it. He was uh, more than happy to get rid of them up here, um, especially stuff that's not um, common, like uh, Saturn's not common up here, Turbo Graphics, things that aren't too mainstream. Um, they have trouble moving, so they just want to get it out of their store when it's in there. Which great. And I'm not arguing with you at all. I'm just... Um, so. No, I didn't, I didn't feel bad at all. They... They do well. <laughs> do you ever get this feeling? I don't know about you, but sometimes I get this feeling like after I've done it, I should go back and tell them <laughs> what, a, what a horrible deal they just made. Um, educate them or something? I don't. Don't get me wrong. I don't. There's one store in town, one guy that um, he blanket prices everything, um, and it's usually good. Um, he, I'll chat with him about game value and rarity. So he, he's a little more. Uh, knowledgeable than most of the the vendors in town um he still won't um like like i've given him opportunities to check games like he knew i was after the dragon warrior games on the nes and i picked up dragon warrior 3 and 4 from him uh for five bucks both times and i I remember before he put them out there mentioning to them a few weeks before he had them um i was looking for them and i was willing to pay like 40 bucks for dragon warrior 4 online at the moment he didn't mind charging me five, even though he must have known that, unless he just Charged forgot. Charged you five dollars. Five bucks, yeah, because that's just what he charges for most of his Nintendo stuff. Five dollars. Five dollars, yeah. That's crazy. But do you, did you feel a little bad, like afterwards, that you should go back and go? You know, the next guy that comes along, you really should not do this. <laughs> No, um, like I said, I, I'd mentioned it to him in the past. He knew it was rare. He knew it was valuable. He knew it was high on my priorities, so it's a wanted game. So do you think he did it demand. just for you? Um, he might have. I do spend a lot of money there, but I, he, I'm he, i pretty sure he had it out in the case. Um, he didn't doesn't put price tickers on them, so he might have told someone else 20 bucks, but uh, he told me 5 when I asked him what he wanted for it. Because sometimes I think shop guys that kind of own their own little thing do that because they're like, I want to keep this guy coming back and spend Right. <laughs> I think this guy knows he's got a monopoly on my service <laughs> up here, though, so I have nowhere else to go. <laughs> you could have charged me 40 I would have paid the 40 for it. Maybe he's just, uh, maybe he's just got a, a bad business sense. 
He's. I think he's kind of got not with video games, but I think he's got a collector mentality. I'm pretty sure he collects movies, music, comics, Hot Wheels, like other things. Oh, and that's the worst kind of person to run a store. So well, he seems to do well. Really? Does yeah. Oh, he sells though. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's he, he sells all secondhand things, like anything, not just games. So he sells all those items I just mentioned. Um. But they're doing fine, as far as I can tell. See, I always think there's a lot of danger in people sometimes that are collectors that want to get into selling because then they they never want to sell anything. Sure, I I don't know. I I've never seen his collections, so I don't know how how hardcore he is into them. And maybe he just keeps the really obscure stuff and doesn't care about the getting like a complete collection. Just wants the must-haves. Like there's a guy at the flea market I go to, right? And this guy has a booth in the flea market. He's running a little stall. And you almost can't walk into the stall because he just has boxes and stacks of stuff. And there's games, there's movies, there's CDs. He even has them priced, some of them, but they're in boxes, kind of stacked up. <laughs> and when you go to ask him a, a price for something he's got in there, he won't give you a price. And I I think that's it. I think he's... Just showing off or what? <laughs> I think he's a hoarder. <laughs> and that someone's like trying to make him sell it or something maybe. And he's like, well, I'll set it up, but I won't sell it. Maybe he's just waiting for that golden offer he can retire on. No, but like, okay, like, look, he had a copy of, of Tiny Toons 2. You know, it's, okay. it's not a real expensive game or anything. Sure. But the copy he had was rough. I'm going to spend some time cleaning this thing up. I'm going to have to get the stickers off. I'm going to have to get the goo gone out. I'm really going to spend some time cleaning this thing up. Yeah. So I ask him how much. And, of course, he hems and hauls forever. So he finally comes back to me and says, $4. And I'm like, you know, this is a trade thing for me. In the back of my head, I'm just saying, I, can't, I don't really have money on this thing because I'm going to end up trading it anyway. So I said, you know, look, this is honestly really rough. I mean, it was filthy. And uh, I said, look, would you take two? And you know what he said? <laughs> he says, are you a reseller? And I kind of took that aback. Like, what? <laughs> I, I'm completely everything but her. Yeah. I just put it down. I just put it down. I just walked down. <laughs> I mean, I'm thinking, really, dude? I mean, if I was a reseller... Four dollars would not have been a bad investment. I could flip that around and, and sell it for eight or ten or something. Sure. If I wait long enough. But I'm like, seriously? What? Well, yeah, I'm going to sit and argue with you about this one NES cart versus the, the truckloads of piles of everything else you've got <laughs> <laughs> that you don't want to price. Oh, man, it drives me a little crazy. Because in a flea market, you're supposed to haggle, right? That's the deal. Yeah, I, I, we don't have one around here, but last time I went to Edmonton, my brother-in-law took me to two different flea markets, and that, that was my expectation, too, is, you know, especially if you're buying a few things, you know, you give me a deal, because I'm going to get two, three, or four things. Um, everyone there, especially the game vendors, um, had set prices, and they just added them up. There was no wheeling and dealing with any of them. Really? Yeah. Now, in that setting, I... I find that the people that want to do that generally have their stuff overpriced. They did. It's like, it wasn't too crazy. It's, some of the common stuff was a little crazy. I don't know how they're going to sell like a copy of Mighty Bomb Jack for 15 bucks. But they, they'd have like your Bubble Wobble 2 for like 150 You know, at a local store, it's not outrageous. It's a little high, but I could see someone paying for it eventually. At a flea market? It was in good shape. They were like regular vendors, I think. It's almost like a store. Like you just pay your rent and uh, show up every Friday, Saturday. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's the flea markets around here. Yeah. Um, but that, I did, I did say because sometimes, like I said, I kind of have this, you know, I kind of have this almost feeling like I. So I was in one stall in in the um, place, and I go in, and the guy clearly does not sell games. Um, had a bunch of just other little odd collectibles, and he had a lot of Monopoly collectibles that he was selling. And one of them was uh, Monopoly for the N64. It was sealed. Nice. But, I mean, it was pristine sealed. You know what I mean? Yep. When you looked at it, you went, okay, this is, if someone were to professionally grade this, this is going to grade really high, probably like a 90 plus. 
I don't know. You'd be surprised on uh, how hard it is to get in the 90s on any cardboard item, no matter how good condition it is. it's in. I hate to break it to you. I just sold a game a little while back, and it went for overnight. I remember that. But there's another guy <laughs> who just said he sent in uh, two sealed cases of Zelda um, Link to the Past. Yeah. Finally got 190 out of the two cases. Really? Yeah. Wow. Okay, but I mean, I can get an idea. I've seen what the quality that they've rated that sure, and absolutely it is. So I'm going to guess, if not 90 plus 90, somewhere right around there. And, you know, when I looked at it, here's the truth. I don't give a crap about N64. And I'm not going to go pay to get Monopoly on the N64 rated <laughs> and then try to bother selling it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Because we're not talking about, like, oh, my gosh, it's, you know, something crazy. It's freaking Monopoly. Right. And so I went and I told the guy, I said, look, you know, you got this thing in your booth. Uh, I'm just letting you know, you know, whatever you want to do with it is fine. I said, obviously, you know, kind of collectibles. I'm letting you know that if you wanted to fool with the trouble of getting it professionally graded, I think you could make more than what you're going to make out of it selling it as it is right this moment. And that was it. I just, it was it. I like, you know, okay, I'm just letting you know. And I walked away. I have no idea what the guy did with it. I don't know. I kind of felt like I had to tell him because I wasn't going to buy it. You know what I mean? <laughs> You need to make sure it was preserved for someone else. Yeah, because that was it. That was kind of the feeling I had about it. It was like, I don't really have any interest at yeah, all. Yeah, because all it takes is him packing up his store one night and uh, just rubbing it against the wrong surface and tearing the plastic off, ripping the cardboard. It doesn't take much. Exactly. And that was the thing. And uh, I could tell, obviously, he took really good care of stuff because he said that was from his personal collection. And right. he didn't he didn't care about video games. He collected Monopoly stuff, classic board games and, you know, that sort of stuff. You didn't mention a price on that, did you? On what he was trying to sell that one for? I think he was trying to sell it for like thirty dollars, something. I, like that. I was wondering because I was thinking, uh, I was wondering if he was still trying to get like a at least retail for it, whatever he paid for it back when it was. I think it around thirty. I don't know. Don't get me wrong. I've not bothered to look up the price for Monopoly for the N sixty four, but I'm going to guess it's probably not very high. I don't know off the top of my head either. I I have the same assumption though. So. I don't know. But I will say that if I go back in there the next time, the thing is sitting in the counter, and he's still not sold it, and I take the time to go research, and if it's worth anything, I'll probably buy it. Because, I mean, look, I let him know. And that fe- I feel bad about that, because I will just I will be a reseller. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and I don't want to be a reseller. I don't know why that's a bad <laughs> thing. I don't really want to. Uh, is that wrong? I don't know. If you're straight reseller... I don't think you could call it wrong, but just frowned upon generally, especially in the collecting community. But I got no problem with it. As a collector, I kind of don't like those people <laughs> very much. The only time they, I don't know, they annoy me, but it's fair. It's fair is when the, you know they swoop in and get a good deal that you were about to get. But like that doesn't happen often, and I had just as much chance to get there as them, so. Yeah, that's it. I don't wish these people ill will. Um, you know, I'm not waiting for something to come. And, and don't get me wrong, I'm not one of those people that's like on some of these message boards that just rant. Rip apart, yeah. You know, and just flame these people. To- um, I understand. People make a living, and those people that are resellers, obviously this is all business to them. They don't give a crap about the hobby. That's yeah. that's the thing I think that bothers me. You care about the hobby, and these people don't give a crap about the hobby. Right. Well, I think you're generalizing there too. I'm sure there's some that have uh, have some connection with the community beyond selling. You're right. I, I'm 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 oversimplifying the situation, but you know, you you can definitely a lot of times tell. I mean, you know, some people are just you know they're in it. Just, that's it. They don't give a crap about it. They just yeah, you know, absolutely stuff. Which is fine. Like I said. People are busy. You know, I, I'm sure the people that work at McDonald's don't give a freaking crap about hamburgers. That's <laughs> 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 just that's just what they do. But um, you know, I care about the hamburger I put in my mouth, so <laughs> I've, I've got a vested interest in that. Uh, uh, somehow we've gotten way off tangent <laughs> from controllers. I don't know. I think that was a good analogy, though. <laughs> the hamburger. Well, really, though. I mean, that's the thing. It's <laughs> And I don't know about you, I mean, but, like, here's how I can generally figure out either somebody's bent when they're selling something. Is if I, like, say, oh, you know, hey, 
like this label is a little messed up or something. Can can you work with me on the price or something? Because it's you know, and when they just are like, no, what are you talking about? It plays fine. Okay, you're a seller. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, Ivory, we've established the paradigm here. I know exactly where we're at. When when you find out something like that, do you your mindset obviously changes? Do you try and get a few more bucks out of them? Yeah, absolutely. Make sure their margin's I, smaller. I will gouge that person as much as I can. <laughs> because to if, me, if they're like, if it's like someone who just wants to you know play Mario three again, no, you're you go the other way. Yeah, yeah. Is that wrong? No, I think that's uh, I don't know. It's favoritism, but. Uh, your game you can do whatever you want with it i i'd have no problem doing the same i agree i agree yeah i mean don't get me wrong when you own your thing you can do whatever you want with it i mean yeah. you know I, I here recently i've got another buddy that kind of off and on collects and i came across another saturn for free i didn't pay anything for it so i just gave it to him yeah you know what i mean 20 bucks out of it probably but only 20 there jeez saturn's not real popular so I just said, look, you know, I you'll have some fun with it. It had a free copy of Daytona in it. I'm like, just, you know, have fun. Play it. Right on. And um, I had another buddy that, you know, he, he he was talking to me. and He knows I play games. And he said, well, you know, my parents dug out my old NES carts, but I don't have my old Nintendo anymore. So I rounded up one of the spare, you know, toasters and just gave it to him. So, you know, here you go. Um but yeah, yeah. When I know it's a business thing, to me that changes it completely. It's like this is this is all business, yeah. And all all bets are off, and I'm I'm gonna try to stick you for the best price because I know that's what you're trying. Yeah, I don't sell a lot like that, but I have similar transactions when trading. Um, it really annoys me when you're trading and people have this book value in their mind that they won't bend on. Oh, yeah, yeah. I won't trade you game X for game Y because there's a $4 difference when they're both $60 games. We're both getting something we want. Um, it just bothers me. Not that I'm like, yeah. Yeah, I, you know, yes, I won't trade you Bubble Bobble 2 for Duck Hunt Super Mario. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like if it's completely lopsided, I get it. But if it's in the ballpark, you know, the, the prices aren't set in stone. It's all second market, so it kind of... Drives me nuts um, when something like that happens. Yeah, yeah. So I'm right there with you because that's it. I like fellow collectors I can work with because I know. Hey, look, when you're when you work with me, you're not just getting that one item. I will go out of my way for you in other places. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. You know, if, like uh, you know, like with single banana and whatnot that's what i tell them it's like hey look if you look out for stuff for me you know i when i go do all my raids on the stores and make my rounds i'm going to be looking just as hard for your stuff as i am for mine yeah that's awesome you know so and i love uh yeah doing deals with people like that like i've bought from a couple guys on um rf gen where i'm like well, this is what i want this is what i have money for so i'll put these back and then they just throw them in the the package for me, even though I didn't pay them a dime for them. Yeah. Um, just uh, yeah, they say like you know, thanks for the deal. Here's here's that complete in box game you wanted. Um, nothing like super valuable, but it's just the thought. And then so when you get the chance to return that favor, it just feels great. Yeah, and I think that's honestly one of my favorite parts of the hobby. Uh, Absolutely, that's that's. One of the main reasons that I, I love those kind of forums is because I don't have anyone to do that with locally. Like, you've got your friend at Given the Saturn, the other guy with the NES. I don't have anyone like that, so it's nice to be able to return the favor with somebody, even if I can't see them smile when I give it to them. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is, you've got somebody else that has a passion for the same thing you've got a passion for, so, you know, you want to share that. Absolutely. And... and and foster that, and I think that's probably a pretty natural reaction. I've I've had a really good time kind of talking about this stuff. I mean, you know, it's a, I guess it's the same sort quite often, but you know, it's kind of fun maybe for other people to listen. And I'm kind of curious, um, people that are out there, kind of what your your take on all this is. I mean, are we right, wrong? I mean, I guess we've hit a lot of different bases, but I'm I'm curious to hear what other people think. But personally, I just want to thank anybody that takes the time to listen to this, if it ever gets out there. Absolutely, yeah. And Krabby, do you have anything you wanna you wanna end up on? 
Um, nothing in particular. Just thanks for uh, chatting with me. Like I said, I don't have a lot of people to talk games with or specifically retro games um, in town. So I have a blast doing this, doing this with you online. So I hope we can find a audience no matter how small and continue on. Let us know. You know, take a minute. If you listen to it, let us know what you think. Uh, I don't think we definitely don't aim to be some kind of crazy professional podcast with Definitely not. And, not and, with me anyway. Yeah, no. Chris knows what he's doing. <laughs> you know, I, I'm not going to get paid for any of this. And uh, I like the hobby. And I'm, it, we're, our conversations are probably just going to ramble every time we do this. Maybe we'll have a few things we'll try to hit. But they really just these, these kind of things we're talking about. I'm really kind of curious to hear what other people think. So, so again, just let us know. And um, thanks very much for listening. Thank you.